great day in the GTA. The sun was out, balmy temperature, and the Leafs are winning. I know. Makes it. That's why the sun's out. There was. It was supposed to be cloudy, but they they burned off the uh, the clouds with their heat. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo with those fast buttons, and of course. Our super fan, Sammy. Hey, happy anniversary to your parents, by the way. Oh, thanks. That's a spe- today's a special day. Ah, uh, you're sweet for bringing it up. Yes, sixty years. Sixty years they've married been together. That is mind blowing. Mom and dad had a nice lunch for them today. Uh, great to see them. You know, as as you well know, how busy you get. You've got a younger family than I do, but mm-hmm. it's. It's always nice to just take a deep breath and uh, the best hockey parents uh, a a kid out of Toronto could ask for. Pretty awesome, man. Thanks. Really appreciate the the opening on that, JB. But uh, as far as the Leafs are concerned, Sammy, you are in heaven. And what did you tell me about an hour ago before we went on air? Just utter those words for me, please. Well, I will say that I am starting to believe Oh! There it is. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> you know why he hates that? Because he knows the future pain that comes oh. with. Listen, this, this, this just became a fishing show because I got a live one on a hook right now. I may have to spend the next two hours reeling him in. Wow. I'm a believer. Yeah. 10 yeah. and 1. We are in November. And you have now aspirations that this team could win the Stanley Cup. Mm, maybe not that much. But <laughs> well, I, what the hell does I believe mean? I well, the goalposts have moved for this for this team, Kipper. I I believe that they are in a position to potentially <laughs> advance. What are you a lawyer right now? To potentially advance past the first round of the You're playoffs, which they haven't done since I was in high school. You are so scared right oh, now. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. You're a you're, you're you're like you you need you know what you need like right now, love. you need that bubble wrap around your heart. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, it's not. Listen, it's not about the results. It's about how they're getting the results, and they're playing so well defensively over the last little while bit. They really, really seem to have a commitment to the way of the style they're playing. It's not the results. It's how they look getting the results. So that's making ask, me feel better. I'll ask the unbiased observer, Nick Kiprios. Yeah. Do you believe? Are they? Are you believing? I think. I think they are now getting to a place where you are gonna, you're, you're gonna squeeze out as, as much as you can out of this lineup. I'm still not convert uh, convinced that this is the lineup, and it does mm-hmm. need tweaking. But they are they are giving you everything that they have, with maybe you know the exception of a few players still inconsistent, and we'll get we'll get into that maybe a little uh, later in the show. But they, for the most part, come on, it's yeah. When you look at the schedule, you look at uh, uh, the the home stands that they've had. It's it's worked out great so far. Mm-hmm. I actually remember you saying not that long ago, like they need to get out of here, like get on 11 the road. and five, 12 and five, and then get on the road. I remember you saying that. So. And then they, they've squeezed as many points as they possibly could. I think when you look at it objectively up until this point, 
They're going to have to finish it off at uh, Saturday night. Sid comes in, big win over the Montreal Canadiens, so they're feeling good about themselves, I think. And uh, another challenge, but yeah, for the most part, they are where they are. But hey, not to burst anyone's bubble, but they still are having a tough time gaining traction on the Florida Panthers. Yeah, and Florida's okay. Last time I checked, points for Tampa Bay Lightning in the last six games. So it's still a challenge in that Atlantic division, and they've gone 10-1. and one. Yeah, that's what happens when you start two, four, and one. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Sam. So, uh, what did you say? You know, like before the show, what is it that's changed you from a guy who just thinks they're? <laughs> no, I'm making him hang himself with his own I, words. No, what I said was, who would have thought that the acquisitions that I made fun of deeply of David Camp and Andre Kasha would be the difference in me, but leaving that they can win right. the playoffs and not. By the way, I don't think that's punchline stuff. I think that's a fair observation, that this is a team that looks different because of a, I guess, a, a line that they didn't have before, a line that could play a different way, and a line that makes you believe that they have a defensive conscience mm-hmm. somewhere yeah. on the team, and that's been something that they haven't had. Yeah. So it, I, will, I don't want to take anything away from these guys. But we are talking about October, November, boys. And it does Mm -hmm. change. And they are still, for the most part, unproven. And what the Leafs have probably said in the last few years when it comes to their their, their real core, and I'm talking Matthews and Marner, is gaining the experience of being battle-tested. Remember those two words? Yeah. Right up there oh. with process. <laughs> They've been tested. And learning. Yeah. But battle-tested, that line, long way to go still. Well, they've been battle-tested and failed the test. It's like, you know, the crash test dummy scenario where... They've been tested a lot. Yeah. Over the last six years. The issue is they're not passing Boys. the test. Yeah. April on is battle-tested. Um, Don't give me 82 exhibition games. No, I hear you. But I'm saying they've gone to... Five straight playoffs. They've been in deciding games. I'm going to go ahead and call that a test of your battle, and they failed. So, yeah, it's, you know, they're hopefully battle-hardened through all those tests, and and that's the next step. But But when it comes to Kempf and Kasha and Richie and all these guys, they have not experienced that. that's true. That's what I'm... I'm, I'm, Sorry, I'm I'm on the core. No, no, I'm not on the core. Okay. I am on the new guys coming in. Okay. And wonderful Kasha... Uh, Engvall uh, as a line in camp, everything you've asked for them up until this part in October and November. But when you start asking them to go into a deep uh, end-of-the-season push mm-hmm. and get ready for playoffs, that's where you wish that they probably could have had a few more successful runs in, in their career. didn't even have to be with the Leafs, right. but they're unproven in that environment and and you're just going to have to hope and pray that uh, they're quick learners and and they can get that that sandpaper during the regular season to get them ready to shut down top lines again when yeah. it matters the most. And the Kasha thing, I mean, the elephant in the room is like it's going to happen here. Where By the way, did he survive that one last know. night he where he got hit in the brain wall, with a I mean. minute left? He was wallpapered and who smoked him? I don't know. I don't know, but like the way he hit him, like, it does. just stopped his mo- momentum and he just like fell over like he'd been shot. Yeah. So Ugh. the the ten fifteen game absence for Kasha is definitely 
in the cards here pretty soon. You just hope it comes in like March. Yeah. And so I, he's rested and ready for April. Think, so they have him again. I think it's kind of inevitable at this point, right? Like I'm not going to say like what they've got out of him already is, you know, probably in their eyes worth the contract to this point, what they gave him. Like, I mean, they signed him on wrong. a whim and what they've gotten already is probably more than they expected. No. I wonder when you've already returned value on 1.25 yeah. million for Kasha, a guy who's. How much is a goal worth in the NHL? How much is a defensive zone draw worth in the NHL? Sure, there's all... a website that tells us that. Yeah, well, you, they, know, they you, are, got a, you got a subscription. They to that are site. the hardest working guys out there for the most part, no yeah. doubt. And that that speaks volumes to them and what they've been able to do. And now they're chipping in a little bit here, so that that seems to be in place to to move forward to push harder now. Kush is going to take a few more lumps between now and April, and you just hope that he can do what he did last night, take a hit, and keep going. But there is a little bit of a history there, and how much punishment he can take over and endure over 80, 80 games mm-hmm. and be ready for that in the playoffs every other night. Again, we don't know. Yeah. You know what, what interested me? And that line is at the the core of this, but... I found in the game last night when, you know, they, they did have some goals. They did have a lead, so they didn't have to push so much. But there there wasn't that desperate, like, leaving the zone early for more offense or taking a chance in an offensive pile to win a puck that maybe you're going to get another scoring chance. They seemed a little bit more patient within their system. And I don't know if that's age and maturity for core guys or if it is this cash of comp guy or camp line. It just feels like they're able, they're patient. They stay within the system by and large, and that's something they haven't been in years past. Um, I totally agree, and yeah. and the answer to your question is yes, it all, is. All it's a mature above. all of the above maturity. I think the one thing that Ov and a few of the others, even Stevie Eiserman in my day, those first six or seven years, you you don't need 160 points or 170 points. You don't need 50 or 60 goals if you're Austin Matthews right now, and. You know, unfortunately for these guys, they didn't get six or seven years like others to really lock it in. But they got to win now the Stanley Cup. He doesn't need another Rocket Richard trophy, Austin Matthews. Yeah, it's like there's a he, push early in your career to like individual stuff. And if, show what you can do, get your contract. And if they're 23 or 24 years old and been in the league half a dozen years now and they're getting it, that just look, look after the right side of the puck defensively, and I think Sheldon has has spoken about this, then you get your opportunities anyway. But yeah. I listen, if, if if they can keep locking it down like they have consistently all year, then Austin at 37 goals or 40 goals will, will be plenty, I assure you. Yeah, and can't even see that happening, but it, you're right. It would be a, a good priority for them. And by goals for or goals against per game, they've been one of the best teams in the league. Let's, uh, Derek, let's play that clip on Sheldon Keefe on team defense. You know, just in general, our players are just comfortable on the defensive side of the puck, not forcing things on the offensive side. We had a lot of guys early in the season, you know, that are trying to jumpstart their season offensively and keep looking to get going and, you know, that tends to change your mindset a little bit as a team and took us a little bit to get to this place, but I think we're in a good spot here now, you know, throughout our lineup about how we need to play and be comfortable in these situations. We want to be able to extend our lead so it's not as tight, you know, but I think you know, in the long run, these types of games will serve us well. Now, if you factor the, the recipe for success for the Leafs at 10-1, JB, it is 
that mentality and still having phenomenal goaltending. Mm-hmm. And not only is is Jack Campbell making the saves that he should make, he's making the ones that he shouldn't. Give you a couple extra, right? And whatever the reason right now, I, I assure you, he's never felt more comfortable or in the zone like he is right now. I wonder if he's ever he, played this much. The, the puck is finding him. He's finding the puck. Uh, he's absorbing the puck. When there is some momentum or a little bit of a, a rally, he's able to get a face-off and kill momentum in that moment. Mm-hmm. And last night, again, I think that was a, a perfect example. Yeah, you know, you'd even mention uh, sort of in our text that, like, you didn't think anyone was even going to get close enough to the net. And when they did, Campbell's killing everything. There just wasn't those second and third chances, you know, uh, partially because he absorbs everything. We talked about his freeze rate, which seems to be very high, even though we don't have analytics on that. Um, but he's been excellent there. They're coming. Someone's in the basement working on it right oh, now. Oh, definitely. That's a very real thing. And then, yeah, the you know, Riley talked about um, them playing low-scoring games. Uh, this, is, this is Morgan Riley on that. In theory. I, I think it's a mindset. Um, and I think, you know, that's half the battle with most things, um, if not more than that. So, you know, once you kind of get it in your mind that you're going to play a certain way and you're just not going to give up chances against – uh, you know, the rest kind of follows. I think the work ethic has always been there. That The, you know, real desire to win has always been there, but it's just kind of a mental hurdle and a mindset that I think we're starting to establish, and that's a great sign. Yeah, that to me is a comfort thing where the priorities for a lot of these players have shifted from proving they could play in the league, proving their stars, proving they're worth big dollars. You know, the, the stuff that you need to establish early in your career, now it really is like it's winning time. Right, it's team first at this point. Oh, and I would think that the the sense of urgency to win, based on what happened last year yeah. against Montreal, and they're not stupid guys. They, they they can look at their salary cap and know what's what's happening here. It doesn't favor them. They're they're trying to preserve what they have. It's it's going to come at a cost. Jack Campbell needs a new contract, mm-hmm. so somebody's leaving. But this will be maybe they're. We said it last year, and and it's still debatable whether or not last season, with what should have been a gift to the conference final in the Canadian division, yep. was their best year to win, or this year. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not there yet. Yeah, man, the division's just so much harder, I feel like, this year. Last year, I, I, I got there think, for you. I think uh, alone, what I've seen out of Jack Campbell tells me they got a better chance this year than they did last year. Yeah, okay. So let me ask you this, and we're talking about team defense, and we're talking about how the guys are changing the way they play for the team. Uh, you had some some stats you had pulled up there on their goals for per game, like their even strength goal stuff, um, to put you on the spot to pull it up, but like, their offense at five on five is dried up. And like, is it a product of the change in mindset and, and really how bad can it get before you start to worry about like, can this team score? And what are they? They're 23rd for goals for good memory. 23rd, which at five on five. Yeah. Blows your mind. I mean, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares I know. right there. And you go, 
bottom third in goals for. But when you talk about chances, and this is right up your alley now, they're one of the top team. Yeah. So somewhere that 23rd cannot sit there. No. It's got to improve, and it could improve real quick in the, in the coming weeks. Yeah. But I do think there's a price to pay for all this defense that you're talking about. And one thing that has been clear since Sheldon's taken over is that that, that, that part of that their game has cleaned up. It, it was good last year in the shortened season. And so far, and, and we, we talk about some of these teams that are coming in and they're, not, they're still not looking great, but right. they're still Panarin. Sure, there's guys who there's can score. There's Mika last night, good players, yeah. and they found a way to shut them down. And, you know, maybe you maybe you question how hard Panarin played last night, but... I think that's fair. Right? <laughs> I do. But, hey, like, looking at these guys at five-on-five, five, like, Austin Matthews, we you had me pull that up before the game, Austin, or before the show. Austin Matthews at five-on-five five was 140th at five-on-five five scoring. In the NHL right now, he's got two, sorry, three five-on-five goals, and it's not like he, you know, he's just back from his wrist thing. Like he's played 15 hockey games now. Um, he's he's got as many five-on-five goals as David Camp. Yeah, he's behind Andre but, Kasha, but who has four. That will change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously. At, at like, eleven are you six. Concerned? At eleven six. Not right now. Too early for that. Not right now. By the way, five-on-five five goal leaders uh, for the Leafs. Tavares has six. Nylander has four. And then Kasha and Marner have four each. I think there's an empty in there for Marner. So what is that? Four uh, power play goals? For Matthews? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's got seven goals on the season, um, four of them on the power play. He's had he's had good looks. And I, I think the the better looks have come with Marner. But are you sick of that phrase with Matthews? Like, and Man Marner? Like, the playoffs last year, that was their whole thing. Good lucks. Good lucks. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I just, you, you, <laughs> just, you got to play the percentages. I know. The more games you play, the, the better opportunity that it, it will come. Yeah. So, and then I, Tavares and Nylander didn't get many good looks either. I, Nylander, interesting, going into the game, Sheldon's shut it down. In terms of, is this the best you've seen him? No. I don't think last night did him any favors of, no. of winning Sheldon over. No. Yeah, no, not at all. It, it is interesting. Like, they look as solid as they did. They played great defensive hockey as a team. They get a two-on win. You know, we're talking about them positively as we should. But, like, how long will you play those guys together if there's nothing there before you say, I don't know, maybe we spread up our, our four guys yeah. over three lines. It, it does it does have to get better. There's no question because we know, we know that in the playoffs, you are really looking at one or two power play opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's how it dries up between regular season and the playoffs. So... Their five-on-five offense has to improve yeah. because you watch now teams. What's the – I can just hear it. Any any team that plays the Leafs moving in, do not take stupid penalties. They will kill us. And that's what happened on Morgan's uh, second goal. Nice little toe drag, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, Morgan. Now, were you one of those guys that watched these guys take – the whole two minutes and go, 
All right, that's a little. That's, they're they're going to get caught right now. I like it. I, I do. I like it. I you know I, give me a tired Austin Matthews out there over what's the second over group? Fresh Bunting, Richie Engvall, Sammy, so, and myself. But, but, but you don't. It's not. It's not the recipe in November. No, you don't need to be leaning that heavy. Full eh? minutes, yeah. and I, I get it when when the virus is on his ass. Yeah, and you can't you lose the puck battle along the wall. Yeah, and but good on them. They found a way to to, to put the puck in the net, but that's not really what you want to see uh, this early in the season. The power play has been huge for them. The, the penalty killing's been huge for them. The five on five, I would I would focus on that uh, a little bit more coming up uh, this weekend. So the question I have here now with Matthews is, I I'm going to put it a real, po- I'm going to put a positive spin on this if you can believe it. But Babs always loved to say that water always finds its level here, right? Like it's like you know a guy who's always scored five on five, who's always been one of the leaders of uh, in the league on five on five. He always he's gonna score. He's gonna score five on five, and the issue has been in the last little bit has been the power play and his inability to score in the power play. There, the whole team's inability to score in the power play. So the power play goals are coming now, and eventually Water's gonna find its level and Matthews is gonna score five on five, and it's gonna turn into a really good thing. Thoughts on that? My thoughts are that we reference Babs a lot on this show, and it's almost like he's <laughs> a pretty good coach. <laughs> you know, like he was on to some pretty good ideas. He, he's he's won a little bit too. Yeah, I think. like he's seen a couple of things. This whole idea that you know, getting out of the gates early is a good thing, and he push just had guys great, okay. he had great little phrases. Whips. He was very and, and like saying he was just like your classic hockey hockey man. You know, you know? Though, he wouldn't yeah. have worked for our show like because Sheldon gives us the oh 45 second answers. Babs summed it all up neatly in a phrase in nine seconds. Yeah. So uh, a Babs presser was 340 tops <laughs> and he was running out there. So you guys but like <laughs> Sheldon sits down and has a cup of coffee. He's there for 11 oh minutes just talking he, away. He could talk a pit bull off a meat wagon. <laughs> He thinks this stuff through. I think he yeah. hel- he helps him with his own processing. So, no, I, I I'm not very worried about Matthews five on five production. I'm going to tell you something right now. If there's one thing I'm not worried about in the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. it's that Austin Matthews is going to eventually find a way to do what he's literally always done since the second he came to the league when he scored four goals. And yeah. and mark my words, that that left side will will look different in April. There will be a new ball. How much there. different? Top six one, one different. Or two, one or two names, yeah. Top six different. You have to, you cannot go into the first round there, Sammy boy, mm. with that left side of Richie, Kerfoot, Engvall, and Bunting. Okay. Well, well unless you loved Nick Richie's game last night. Well, I was just going to say, you said Richie. Did. You said Richie, and we've hard on him, and I know you don't love talking about him every day. But when you're hard on him, I think you got to go the other way. And I thought he had a positive game last night god you did not get good feedback from kipper and he i didn't like no, it no no i thought he was no, i thought he was better than he's been i'm not i'm not knocking it no, and no, he's you, not you wrong were, you weren't taking a shot at richie but no. i'm saying i'm not changing my conclusions about richie or that line absolutely and last i've night. said it right from the get-go go he can play in your lineup but he's one of those guys that can fill in for you and not look really out of place and hold it but when you're talking about being on a line to win a series, yeah. I, I don't think Richie's going to hold water. 
the water level that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Sammy, the uh, the Corsons last night, the the Corsi, yeah. uh, great for Richie, best on the team last night. Yeah, wonder, lot, lot shots. Wonder, wonder why that's. Wonder what <laughs> yeah, happened. He's there. The best <laughs> line in the team. Yeah, eh? wonder wonder how that happened. Plays by Marner and Matthews, yeah. and things go well yeah. for him in that department. What a surprise! So, it, it will it will. That, how how do you not now if you're Kyle Dubas, even ten and one, and now you now go shopping. You're yeah. at a strength right now. No, you, the last thing you look is desperate. Yeah. So, go look, set something up. There's a there's a good chance that you can't do anything up until the trade deadline when you can shrink salaries, mm-hmm. better fit, and and wait for it. But don't tell me that they're not targeting a few people as we speak. Well, before we move on from the left side, um, what did you make of old Buntings? Let me at him, let me oh. at him last night. The refs between us, the gloves come off. I think Bunting's the perfect uh, uh, middleweight tough guy in 2021. <laughs> how's that okay well, I, I think that's another guy that probably saw the kyle clifford acquisition no, in, light middleweight yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i i mean I, I, I was chirping Flyweight. the guy i was chirping him about it like oh that's like such a poser move but i said to you kipper like at least he's engaged you know like he's there he's present he's he's you know, getting some dirt on his face even a chihuahua on your pant leg, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's while you try to shake it off is nothing. better than, it's not nothing. Yeah. And that that's a team that does not have that reputation. I'll take that over a great Dane that's taking a nap in the middle of the floor, <laughs> if, you know what I, if you know what I that's mean. That's right. That's, that's sitting in a park with Gord Stellick. <laughs> oh, that's great. It, it, it's something. And everyone... You you watch the game and it's like, oh, he's in front of the net on the Morgan Riley goal. Great, great screen, great. Oh, screen. the other no night, no stat for that. The other night he drew a, another penalty. Yeah. So it, there, there's there's those little subtle things, which is great, but bottom six great. Mm-hmm. By the way, there should be a screener stat. Should there not? How, how many pucks did you screen this year? How many times were you in front of the goalie when a puck landed on net? Oh, man, I would lead the league in that. Beer oh, league. are I you greasy? Sta- I just stand there, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I'm tall. I got to go there. So there you go. Oh, yeah, I want them to bring that to Canlan. Flank. I want them to come that to Canlan. Bring that stat there, guys. <laughs> so, Sammy, before we move on to uh, uh, what Jack Campbell does off the oh, ice God. during his day off, Speaking of uh, we got to mention uh, that uh, we're going to take some uh, – Oh, some text. Friday texts, right? Yeah, yeah please. Uh, we're going to take texts in the second hour of the show, so fire them in. Uh, give us your takes, leaves takes, love them. Questions, yeah. want to roast us. Yeah. Roast. Kipper loves getting roasted. Yeah, so. love it. And uh, there's one thing I wanted to, before we move on to Jack Campbell, there's one thing I wanted to bring up with you, and it's been the defensive uh, lineup over the past few games. And now Dermott's played in a couple games here, right? They He's played the last two with Lil Ligren sitting out. I thought, like I've said, the, the team defense has been pretty good here. Is this like a, you know, a good showcase here? Or are they going to stick with this? Like, do you think they they are still interested in that? Like we were talking about earlier in the year, how they were thinking about trading one of Hall or Dermot or whatever. Do you think they've, you know, been enjoying this showcase or they're kind of turning back into liking him? I wonder how much of that was to push these guys. Any of it? Or do you think they're legitimately looking at doing no, something when, different? No, when, when I talk to teams, they're out there. They are, okay. Yeah, that's legit. But, I mean, that wouldn't be the first time that you, you plant that seed. Yeah, you're on shaky ground here, just so you know. I don't think that they really truly know for sure until maybe a, a potential buyer comes to them right. and says, 
Yeah, Travis has looked pretty good. Is it is Justin Hall now brought his game back to the place where he's legitimately a, a guy that can play 18, 20 minutes on a Stanley Cup contending team? So yeah. I think it's I think it's wide open. I, I don't think they know. Sometimes it has to come to them. Yeah. You know, last night Hall plays 20 minutes and 34 seconds. Um, was really good, I thought. I thought that pair with him and um, and Muzzin kind of look, you know, not maybe not exactly at their best from last season, but but looked better, looked solid. If if they are better, and that that goes a long way to this team, to what their plan was going into the season, I think. And you know, I, I kind of chirped earlier this season with Lilligren on that bottom pair, like I just don't see the fit, and you know, come playoff time. I, you could talk me into it with, with Sandine and Dermot because Dermot can at least play a little more physically, at least be a, like a little little bit of engagement in front of the net. But still, it still feels thin back there. But uh, this is the best six to me that they can roll out. All right, before we get to Jack Campbell, just uh, a heads up. Uh, later on in the show, we got Clark Gillies, four-time Stanley Cup champion with the New York Islanders. He was a big part of today's opening of that brand-new rink for the New York Islanders. Um. JB, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Maybe you're a little young. I, you know, I've I've seen him play golf before. I'm a little shy. You can introduce me today. So I mean, we're still getting to know each other, but yeah. it, it it was only just recently I found out that that's your father-in-law. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I my dad Bob Bourne and Clark were best friends uh, and bought houses beside each other on Long Island. So when they played for the team, so me and my now wife were next door neighbors till we were five or six years old. We got a million pictures together as little kids. Uh, Clarky gets traded to Buffalo. My dad gets traded to the Kings and didn't see each other for 20 some years. Uh, my dad gets inducted into the Islanders hall of fame and the Islanders fly me down from Alaska and, and I'm going to stay in a hotel. My dad says, you're not staying at a hotel. You're staying at my best buddies. You're staying at Clark's house. And I was like, all right, if you insist. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And just, uh, just to warn you, I'm going so personal on you. <laughs> you may have to just leave the room, okay? I'm not. I, you know, I really didn't it, think it, today through. I, I, Justin Clark, I eh? wish people could see the shade of red that just hit <laughs> you right now. Yeah, that's dicey. so. That'll be fun, and uh, and then we've got uh, this guy J.D. Bunkus. Bun, is it Buncass? Yeah, he's he's has his own morning show and. Uh, He's got these crazy takes that we're just going to completely shut down. <laughs> and, of fun. course, Friday text messages. And, Sammy, rating and review on any of your podcast platforms. Make sure you, uh, you hit those as well. So we just teed up uh, Jack Campbell. 20 home games, guys. 17-2-1. 932 save percentage. One nine zero goals against average and three shutouts. Is that okay for oh my twenty home games? So what do they do naturally? I give them a day off. This is what Jack had to say about that. Yeah, we just laugh and smile. What leads to the laugh and smile? Jokes. <laughs> Oh, oh my! So God. hold on. <laughs> it's a pretty simple day off. It's a pretty simple answer. Is this guy okay? <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> oh my lord! You know he's not pretending to be anything but who he is. Uh, you're right. 
and I love it. I'm, I was listening to an interview he did uh, the other day, and you know he's talking about his cats and. It's my guy. Campbell's he my loves kind of guy. Everyone. I want to. I want to just talk to him and say, please tell me, just give me some person that you hate. I bet he does. I bet behind the scenes he's. No, like, I don't think so. No. No. I don't. You know that, like, you know, people who suffer from depression need, like, medication to help them get chemically right. He might need medication to go the other way. No, and that's not normal. You cannot be po- possibly be that happy all the time. Something wow. he's he hiding is. something. Wow. He is. <laughs> when I was with the New York Rangers, uh, Darren Langdon got called up in Montreal. And that afternoon, Mark Messier went out and got him, like, a... $1,500 Hugo Boss suit. Woo. We put it on his stall with a simple note, welcome to the NHL. How cool is that? Really cool. I heard a story that where Jack Campbell did the same thing in the minors for a guy. Really? Yes. Wow. And this guy, I, what was, the, the other shoe's got to drop here. Like, like, like come on. <laughs> that that is, is awesome. That is remarkably charming. Well, and, and, it, he he now like again I mean, October November you don't want to get ahead of yourself but he has really got potential and Super Sammy you can maybe tell me more than anything because you got this connection with Leaf Nation but he's into that most popular Leaf kind of feel with oh, the fans yes oh, no doubt no doubt uh, I you know I think there's an interesting relationship between Leafs fans and their goaltenders. And this is the exact type of goaltender that Leafs Nation loves, you know. There you go. But I think I think it's, you know, the combination of the style of play, the battle kind of way he plays and how he, you know, he looks spectacular when he makes saves sometimes. He's just a... And Leafs just, fans want, like, bad goal, bad moments. They want guys to prostrate he, themselves, like, yeah, completely he, just wear he's it. He's scrappy on the ice. The way he plays, he thanks everybody. He's always tapping pads. He's the friendliest guy. People love the, you hear at the crowd. Soup, you wait, you soup. wait till he's emotionally fragile in a playoff game. And see he what was, listen. he was, and they still love him. I know, but they lost. It doesn't matter if they love him or not. He lo- they lost. He lost. So that's what you gotta now kind of. God, pr- if he protect. ever wins a couple of playoff rounds, I, here. I know. But he, here's what I'm thinking. It's too good right now. I know. There's only one place to go down. <laughs> yeah. And that, I, it's just, it's just a little bit, you need a little adversity. And I think it's going to come because like yeah. I said, he's, there's, it's just too perfect right now. The puck is finding him. He's finding it. Uh, the ability to absorb every rebound you know, the, the other beauty for the Leafs in the last 10 games that I could see is every time he gets a face-off, they win a face-off, and the puck is out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did, I actually did, just did New York win 10 face-offs last night? Interesting that you mentioned it. So I, I don't have last night, but the Leafs are now um, first in the NHL in face-off winning percentage. They're okay. tied with Carolina 55 They won 80% of something last night. I think it was 80-something oh. percent they won. That, that's unheard of. Yeah, they're okay. dominant. How many face-offs did the Rangers win last night? I think night? nine. I think nine. they won oh, nine that's draws. What it was. Yeah, yeah, nine yeah. face-offs. Yeah. Out of 47. The whole game. Yeah. Like, think about that for a second. Every time Jack throws the puck. In a one-goal game, that might be the difference. They win, it's out. 
Like there's so many things going well right now. And and I think if if we look back at Jack's career, the only thing that held Jack back the last 10 years is what's been going on between his ears. Yeah. He's always had this talent. Always. He's just found a good mental place. Just, and he's in a good mental place. But I think one or two hiccups, little adversity, little, and, you know, maybe the first one was, come on, uh, going into pit. Mm-hmm. There's your first one. And I loved what he's been able to do yeah, since you, he's come you back. You said you wanted to see a uh, bounce back there right after that. Exactly. Yeah. And, Maybe one or two more, and I think he'll 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 be ready. But you, you know it's going to come because it's just it's going so well right yeah. now. So I just to, on this faceoff point you're making, I didn't realize how good the Leafs were on this. But the Rangers are equally as bad. They're 31st in the NHL in faceoff percentage. Look at their centers: Zabanajad, <laughs> Strom, Heedle, and Rooney. Yeah. So that's not uh, you know not 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 a lineup of big strong men per se. So. Here we go again, back-to-back this weekend, and I think we got to have the quick conversation here. How are you handling it, heading it into the weekend? If I know Kipper's tendencies, he wants soup and then soup followed by soup. Yeah, well, no, yeah. I mean, if we could just no, have I a can't, backup. I can't like go back-to-back no. with soup. No so you, am I getting Wall or Hutch in which game? Tough one, right? Well, yeah. Like, let me just clarify that, that it's that, not as easy because game two is in Nassau, or not Nassau Coliseum, UBS Arena. The second game yes. they've ever played yeah. there in front of a packed, sold-out. So you know, you know it'll be Jacks. Yes, they, right? exactly. So I'm sorry, but it is Jack Campbell and Wall in New York. And as You're we are throwing Wall. Yes, I am. I am. Mm. I, I, I cannot. I can't go Sid versus wall at home i can't do that you're not, I, I i know i just don't know that there's a way that this kid has a. if i'm if i, I you know i think the you've banked I, points you, you maybe it's a back-to-back you're, you're against the islanders as like, a guy who was looking at ticket prices bonus. for saturday night i was thinking about potentially going since i'm off this weekend i was looking at ticket prices for saturday night if I paid those ticket prices and Joe Wall started against Sidney Crosby, probably wouldn't be too thrilled. But you can't think about that if you're the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. If I was the coach, I'd probably go Wall on Saturday and put Campbell in Listen, on Sunday. Listen, when they give you tickets to give away, just say, yeah. just nod and then stick it in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, 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 I like this job. I'm going to try to keep it. So, uh, <laughs> You don't think there's any chance you can go Wall on Saturday? No, there's always a chance. I think it's just dumb. I mm. think... It's got to be Hutch if you're going to play a guy in the second half. If you're going to play someone who's not Jack Campbell, I think you need to play a guy who's played in playoff games, big playoff games for the Colorado Avalanche. You know, he's seen these moments. He's seen intense crowds. He's comfortable in the NHL, at least, even if he's not. I just think it's it's a lot to ask of Wool for his second NHL I, start. I really buy into that. If If it's a game that you think you might lose, then put a guy in especially a goaltender who could single-handedly win a game on his own. Me against the world. That is the ultimate me against okay. the world. If you can't play Hutchinson in this situation... You, 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 you saw you what don't. he did against Laval well, in the American he, Hockey League. Then you need someone else. We're talking about Laval here. <laughs> then you need someone else. Yeah. If you can't you use him now, then you can't use him. It's November. No, it's true. It's 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 time then to, to find a third goalie if he's not going to be your guy. All right, we're going to take a break here. Coming up after the break, Justin Bourne's father-in-law.
<laughs> I prefer we okay. talk to Clark Gillis, I just the want, former Islander. I just want to say, you know, <laughs> it's equally cool that you can have your father-in-law on our show because if I brought mine, I don't think anybody would be interested in insurance adjusting <laughs> topics. Well, for the interest of balance of the show, we'll have him on one day. <laughs> what are the odds that a big stone rolls down a mountain and hits I'm your interested. windshield? Say like analytics. <laughs> <laughs> We're back after the break with Clark Gillies. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born. We're back. Now, because I'm a little older than everybody else in the rest of the room, my next guest I'm kind of excited about because I grew up a Leaf fan, but I did have a lot of love for the New York Highlanders once my Leafs were out. And it was a group, certain individuals there that had it all for the New York Islanders in the mid-70s. And one of them includes our next guest, and I'll leave it at that because I want, um, I'd like his son-in-law to introduce him to our show. <laughs> uh, yes, this is uh, Cl- Clark Gillies. How are you? Welcome to the program. How are you today? Clark, I set uh, him up. I set him up and that stunk. <laughs> that, was, that was quite an introduction. Uh, thank you so no, much. Uh, no worries. Uh, first question, um, what, what's going to be in my stocking for Christmas, Dad? That's my question. Uh, after, after that introduction, nothing. Of course. No. Does, does, he, does he know what the salaries were back then compared to now, or does he assume everybody made $10 million? Uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody said, boy, you made a lot of money. I said, whatever I made is long gone. <laughs> uh, that's great. So oh, you, you went to the uh, ribbon cutting today for the new arena you were telling me. Tell, tell us about that today. How was that? Oh, it was a big event. Um, I was joined by uh, Danny Poppin was there, Bobby Nystrom, myself, uh, Butch Goring. And uh, so we, they kind of paid homage to us, which uh, was kind of nice. But uh, at every dignitary, the governor of, uh, the New York, uh, governor of New York State was there. We had every senator, every congressman. Uh, they all had something to say. It was uh, a bit of a long event. I thought I'd be home by now, but, uh, <laughs> but it was great. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was kind of long, but uh, you know what? It was such a such a great event. This building is is really state of the art, and it's going to be so awesome to go to this place to watch a hockey game. And uh, hopefully, uh, the team will uh, will do it justice and, and and play like they need to. This is a big deal, no question about this organization. And you look at the last few years and uh, how probably they went a little too long at NASA and then they were bounced around a little bit. Uh, Was that a little frustrating, you think, for the current players or even some of the alumni who continue to go to games between that Barclays Center and Brooklyn? and. Barclays Barclays Center, Kipper, that was a disaster. Um, place wasn't built for hockey. The the clock it came down over one of the one of the blue lines. It wasn't even in the middle of the rink. Um, some of the thing was so bad they just blocked it out. You couldn't see anything. Uh, it was a pain in the butt to get to. Um, I used to take the train. It was an hour and ten minute train ride to get to the games, and, and then the, I was, most of the time I was there, I was working for the team. So they put me in a car and get me home. That was. That was another hour and 15 minutes to get home. So 
it wasn't a, it wasn't a real treat going to that place and and uh like i said the sidelines were horrible and the team the team every every game every game for the team was like going on a road trip um they'd have to leave in the morning to go in and sleep on sleep in a hotel in brooklyn uh just to get to the games on time because you never know what you were going to face trying to go to Brooklyn uh, from Long Island at 5 o'clock at night. So there was just, logistically, it was a mess. Um, They are so happy to be in this new arena. Most of the guys probably live within 15 to 20 minutes of the new arena, which is is pretty convenient. And uh, I've been in the, I've been in the building. I've had tours of it there. If you can only imagine, I don't even know how this how big this is, but their locker room facility is twenty three thousand square feet. <laughs> A little better than uh, uh, the Coliseum, eh? Yeah, I think ours was three thousand square feet. <laughs> that included the cess, uh, the cesspool, no, the the, uh, the the whirlpool, the sauna, and everything, the showers. That was all three thousand square feet, but. Um, the amenities there for the, for both the home team and the visiting team are are just second to none. Um, the fans are going to get treated so royally. This ba- this arena apparently has more bathrooms in it than any other arena in the country. That's good news for the which, alumni. Which is <laughs> which is good. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, we do. Hey, easy, easy, easy. Yeah. All what alumni. Are the, one of the big one of the big negatives for the Nassau Coliseum is that most people spent three quarters of the game standing waiting to go to the bathroom, so uh, or get a or get a beer and, uh, and, a, and a hot dog. But this place is uh, there's four bars that all look onto the ice. So while you're getting a drink, you can still watch the hockey game. You know, yeah. it's, uh, uh, it's really something. Clark, what am something special? One one of the things that I found special in my career was saying that I played in uh, a great rivalry like the New York Rangers versus the Islanders. And the year we won Uh the Stanley Cup in 94, we had a great run. We won the President's Trophy. But we had gone in late in the season to play the Islanders, and I think it was five or six years where the Rangers had not been able to win in that building. And it was almost (laughs) as if our regular season was on the line or it didn't mean anything if we couldn't get over this New York Islander hump major major hump but that building say what you will about it how it was just so dated and run down there was something really special that you guys started there um you know as as early as the 70s it uh yeah it became a really special place to play it had to be very hard for visiting teams that come in there during, especially during our cup runs and the couple of years before and a couple of years after, um, we were always sold out. The fans were always up. They were ready to go. And, and they knew they had a, a big influence on how we played. And, and it made it very, very difficult for visiting teams. And we, we kind of knew that we had a bit of an edge going into every game because of the fans. Um, this building, uh, to just talk more about it, the Coliseum had a very low ceiling. Um, you know, being only 16,000 seats and stuff. Um, I think it was 90 feet from, from ice surface to the first girders up in the ceiling. And this building, this new building, that old 17.5, I think it is, for hockey, the ceiling is as low 
as the Coliseum was. So this place is going to be incredibly loud. Um, I feel like I'm a tour guide, but the the <laughs> the bowl, the lower bowl of this building has ten thousand out of the seventeen thousand seats. So that's more that's more in the lower bowl than the Coliseum had by by a long shot. Uh, apparently the most in the lower bowl of any uh, hockey arena in the country. Um, so it is going to be incredibly loud, and especially tomorrow night. The, the fans are so pumped and so so ready to get into this new building that it's going to be insane. I can't wait. Yeah, that's awesome that they, they did a lot of the features the same to keep the acoustics going there. You know, it, it just seems like uh, John Ledecky and Scott Malkin were very in touch with what the fans wanted in a new arena. I know last year in playoffs, like the guy's out shaking hands. You're sitting by him crushing beer cans off your forehead. Like, tell us about Islanders ownership and what the what they've created with fans there on Long Island. Uh, John Ledecky is like the uh, the ever ready bunny. He uh, he just doesn't run out of energy, and uh, he was front and center at the event today. He's He's really the, the, the face of the Islanders as far as their ownership is concerned. Uh, Scott Malkin, who owns 75% of the team, he lives in London. And uh, they're, uh, they're Harvard classmates. That's how they got together on this project. But um, uh, they, uh, he, will be, he will cover, John Ledecky will cover every inch of the, of the, the arena tomorrow night. Uh, he, wa- he wants to be with the fans. He wants to touch the fans. He wants to know if there's anything he can do to make their experience any better, and and that's really that's really what he's done. I mean, you speak about the alumni. I, I've never had ownership treat treat us the way John Ledecky and his group does. Um, they bend over backwards to make sure we're comfortable at every game. Um, you know, we come and we get sometimes we get we'll get a little compensation to go around, shake hands and kiss babies. You know, so uh, it's. They've treated us very, very special, and uh, um, and we we like to help them back. So tomorrow night, I'll be all over that building myself. Uh, I'll probably pop into every single suite because normally when you go into the suite, what do they do? They offer you a cocktail. So, you know, <laughs> you know, savvy, so. savvy. Thus, thus the washrooms. <laughs> Enhanced giver, the more bathrooms we have will be much better. We yeah. are uh, we are uh, catching up with Clark Gillies, four-time <laughs> Stanley Cup champion, uh, teeing up the UBS Arena where the Islanders will open up this weekend against Calgary and then face the Toronto Maple Leafs on Sunday. Uh, can you recall ever having anything close to a 13-game road trip? Uh, they, they come in one game yeah. under 500, at five, six, and two, uh, Clark, was that a, was is that acceptable, or uh, are people kind of worried that they're actually in the bottom of the Metro Division? Um, uh, certainly, we would have liked them to have been, you know, six, four, and three, or something like that. They were at five, two, and two, and then they kind of stumbled the last four road games. But um, I think this team has has the ability to pull up the bootstraps and you know that was a big sacrifice uh you you played enough hockey all of us have played enough hockey to know that not being at your home arena for 13 straight games is going to be a real a, a real deficit and uh and it turned out that way I, yeah, although they, you know there was close to 500 as you're going to get somebody said 
before they started this road trip, come home 500 to be happy. And most people said they would be, but um, this team is, uh, they've, they've rebounded. They've, they're, they're pretty tough. They know that they're, uh, they've got, you know, the ability to go out there and put a long street together. And that's all they really need to do right now is, uh, you know, if they're, if they're 10, if they're 10, six and two in the next week or so, nobody's going to be talking about the road trip anymore anyway. So um, I think they'll be fine. Um, I think they're pumped to play in this new building, which is, which is a positive and uh, we'll just keep our fingers crossed. I need to drink out of the Stanley cup one more time. And, and I only want to drink out of it if the Islanders win. So, uh, I'm hoping this building will be the magic charm that brings them over the hump. God, wouldn't that be unbelievable? I mean, one of the things that I think they <laughs> they really have going there, you know, Lamarillo and Trotz have created a culture since they got there, have they not? Like, uh, it feels like they're a different Islanders organization. Obviously, ownership had a lot to do with it, but uh, the GM and head coach, uh, they've done wonders for, for the perception of that franchise, too. Well, you know, um, uh, lose MO, I mean, it's all business. Um, between, you know, no long hair and no facial hair. And, um, you'd have been they've in got trouble. a strict set of, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like growing a beard once in a while, but, um, yeah, Lou, Lou has this, uh, a set of rules that everybody has to live by. And, and, uh, and Barry, uh, he's got his own set of rules as well that, uh, that all these players have bought into, um, they, I think they really love the system that they play, uh, which a lot of people call defensive. But you know they have they have a ton of offense on that team as well. But um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, they got a couple of uh, I don't want to call them drill sergeants, but they're, they got a couple of guys that uh, have taken command of that team, and the team is uh, following their commanders. Let's put it that way. Clark, is it uh, you see any similarities at, at all when it came, comes to the discipline that they're trying to instill in 2021? Can you even compare it to like an Al Arbor in in your heyday winning those cups? Well, you know, Al Al ran a pretty tight ship. We we had a pretty fun loving group, uh, and uh, Al, being a player, kind of knew you know, when we were getting to the end of our rope and he would haul us back in. But, um, yeah, we were very disciplined, especially on the ice, um, which came from a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hard work and repetition at practice. But, um, Al gave us, Al, Al gave us a little, a little room when, when we were off the ice and knew when, when to let us go and when to pull us in. So, uh, you know, it's. I don't think there's a whole lot different. I don't know what goes on off the ice with these guys uh, these days, uh, but I know uh, what goes on when they're at the arena. They're 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 pretty pretty uh, pretty focused uh, going into every game. So um, we loved our time. I hope these boys are loving their time. That's all <laughs> I, can, I can say to you. You know, yeah. if, if you sat in the room for them long enough, you'd notice a lot of the stories would be similar. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. we're just it's just it's just a different group of knuckleheads is all it is. Yeah, that's right no so, kidding well, there's one thing about one thing about hockey players you know that the the kiss method really falls in line you know 
You just keep it simple, Sue. But too much thinking is only going to get you in trouble. So <laughs> that's yeah. a great attitude. Well, I wonder. You know, last one for me. Just wonder if you have, uh, you know, a final thought on NASA Coliseum. Maybe a favorite memory from your time uh, at the Coliseum. I know a lot of fans look back at uh, at that building, even though it was a bit of a decrepit dump by the end, with a, lo- a lot of positivity. I-, I think for Islanders fans in their wake. Yeah, you know, I I have a couple of memories. Uh, one one that's not maybe so interesting I thought it was, but the first game we played against the New York Rangers my rookie year, I was sitting next to Ed Westfall on the on the bench, and the Rangers scored the first goal of the game, and the place went absolutely nuts. And I said to Eddie Westfall, I said, what the hell is that? He goes, look around. He said, Jethro, look around. He said, there's, there's 13,000 Ranger fans here. There's only 3,000 Islander fans. And I said, holy cow. I said, we got to change that. And and it changed pretty quickly because uh, our team was became a pretty pretty legitimate team in a hurry, and uh, that that atmosphere changed. But uh, my most fond memory was probably two two and two memories in the same game was coming out for Game Six in 1980 when we were playing the Flyers for the Stanley Cup. The the fans the way they they cheered. I had the hair was standing up on the back of my neck. I had to control myself skating around before we dropped the puck to not burn off too much energy because I was so pumped. And then, of course, the greatest moment of, of my career was when Bob Nystrom scored at 7-11 of overtime and he won the, we won the first cup. Uh, that, you can never replace that moment with anything else. That was the greatest moment I've ever had in my hockey life and certainly at the, at the Nassau Coliseum. But, um, yeah, there are a lot of great moments, a lot of great memories. Uh, but, but those are three that, that really stand out for me. And, uh, you know, I I think tomorrow night's going to be a a great memory too. I I just, I'm just so pumped. I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight. I can't wait to get to the game tomorrow and, and go through all the festivities and then actually watch our team go out there and, uh, and beat the flames. So, it's going to be fun. I was 14 years old watching Nystrom score that goal. I think I watched the game on CBS I, for for whatever reason. I, <laughs> I think it was on a American Network on CBS. And, yeah. uh, it was a big deal. Yeah. It was a big it, deal for me. And It uh, was. It was. CBS, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I tell you what, uh, you've been a, a, a treat. You know, I, I we love the game. Clark, for so many reasons. And again, Connor McDavid reminded that, us of that with a spectacular goal. But I just wish they'd make a few more like you today. <laughs> oh, boy, I don't know if that's such a great idea or not. Um, <laughs> great answer. And and the answer is you you're wrong. I, uh, I, I never had so much fun in my life as playing, uh, playing hockey. We, you all know, you, you and Justin both know how great a game it is. And, uh, even now when I put my skates on skate with the grandkids, I, I just get a smile from ear to ear, just loving it. So it's a great game and, uh, I'm glad everybody's enjoying it. Well, listen, uh, it's been a treat for us. Just one, uh, uh before we close out, uh, I know you've had this great history with, uh, one of your special teammates and, and Bobby Bourne and, uh, n- next door neighbors, but you still, <laughs> you still let a hockey player marry your daughter. <laughs> And uh, you, uh, you got to tell me, ultimately, was that was that the right decision? 
I always said I would never let a, ho- a hockey player like me marry my daughter. But, uh, <laughs> well, I, I can. I, I can. Justin, Justin was a little different, so we cut him some slack. Uh, uh. You know, the, the, the thing around the, the Toronto right now is Jack Campbell's the nicest human being in the city, but uh, Justin's a close second. I just, I, I just, uh, I just don't know if I want to get into a bar fight with him. <laughs> no. uh, you know, he might surprise. He might surprise you. You know, he might surprise. All right, you, but, uh, that's good to know. Um, but uh, you guys are doing a great job, Justin. We're very proud of him and uh, and of what he's doing up there with you guys in Toronto. And uh, love, love to be able to listen to you guys on a regular basis. Unfortunately, I can't with our. Airwaves, but uh, hey, hey, you, you, success, boys. You haven't taught him what a podcast is yet. <laughs> we'll work on him over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> download it, Jethro. Download it. Yeah, does I do I have to download something on my phone for that? Is that what I have to do? Just oh, what you're doing this Christmas. I, I got some work to do. Look forward to it, Clark Gillies. Yes, you do. <laughs> hey, appreciate your time. Enjoy the weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Clarky. Right. Four-time Stanley Cup champion with the New York Islanders. Okay, you got to tell me. Like, I know you you grew up with him, but mm. it it it's still intimidating terrifying. having terrifying. him still as terrifying. a father-in-law. <laughs> when I first started dating Brianna, my friends used to send me videos of Clark beating the hell out of people and be like, "You sure?" You sure about this? Like, how sure are you about this girl? Because you don't want to get started and have it not work out. Honestly, I would <laughs> you know? just every every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, I'd have a bead of sweat going down my oh, man. forehead. It, you know what's even more intimidating is going out and like playing golf. Like you share a golf cart, eighteen holes, the guy's a zero handicap. You know, like going out there yeah, and having like a- like I love every once in a while going back and seeing some tilts on the internet. Yeah. Like to watch him and Terry O'Reilly of the Boston Bruins. Yeah. I mean, like we're talking about like the real deal tough guys. Yeah. Like not Oh, this man can't respect me. Know, There's no possible way just, after what he's been just, through. There's not a chance. Like <laughs> watch watch Bunting last night and then watch yeah. your father in law. I actually I showed you that clip of Clark like fighting people to get to the fight he wanted. And Bunting's like, Oh no, there's a linesman. <laughs> yeah, hey, two thousand and twenty one. We right. get it. We different get era. it. But it is phenomenal to watch how hard these guys played and fought yeah no I, I mean the thing that he brings up a lot is there was real fear in it like there was a different element when he went out there in the rink with three refs and sometimes both teams were on the ice you know bare knuckle brawling it's uh that, that's a different environment you're playing hockey in then.